the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The suspected Monterey Park shooter has been found dead. The male inside the white cargo van as the suspect in the mass shooting that we had in Monterey Park. President Biden and House Majority Leader McCarthy plan on negotiating the debt limit. You have to negotiate. That's what the American people uh, elected uh, us to do. Nike closes its flagship store in Seattle due to high crime. They're going to be shutting down on January 20th. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, January 23rd. I'm Mike Scott. The gunman accused of killing 10 people at a ballroom dance hall during a Chinese New Year celebration took his own life after an intense L.A. area manhunt, according to authorities on the scene. The shooting took place after 10 p.m. on Sunday at a location where many downtown streets have been closed off for the Chinese New Year celebrations. After the shooting, police say the remaining festivities were canceled. Police identify the suspect as Hugh Can Tran, 72, who, despite initial reporting, is now said to have been wielding a high-capacity pistol and not a so-called assault rifle. Los Angeles County Sheriff Robert Luna held a press conference Sunday afternoon and named the suspect. The suspect has been identified as who, as who can Tran. He is a 72-year-old male Asian. I can confirm that there are no outstanding suspects from the mass shooting incident that occurred in the city of Monterey Park. Luna says they have confirmed that the man took his own life. Uh, Today, the sheriff's homicide investigators working alongside all of our law enforcement partners were able to confirm the identity of the male inside the white cargo van as the suspect in the mass shooting that we had in Monterey Park. Luna explains details of what happened when officers closed in on the suspect. As Torrance officers pulled behind the vehicle, the white van entered a shopping center parking lot. When officers exited their patrol vehicle to contact the occupant, they heard one gunshot coming from within the van. Officers retreated and requested several tactical teams to respond. Two armored vehicles responded and were able to restrict the van's movement. At 12.52 p.m., our sheriff's uh, SWAT team approached and cleared the van and determined the suspect sustained a self-inflicted gunshot wound and was pronounced dead at the scene. The Los Angeles County Sheriff says that their investigation into a motive is still ongoing. And although uh, that 
closes a portion of a very long day for all of us. The investigation is still ongoing. Sheriff's homicide detectives are working around the clock, gathering additional information and working on determining the motive behind this extremely tragic event. The identities of trans alleged victims have not been made public, but reporting does suggest that five of the victims were male, while five others were female. Seven others remained hospitalized, with one person reportedly in critical condition. According to police, Tran was also involved in another incident at a dance venue about 20 minutes after the Saturday night shooting in Monterey Park. At the second location, no one was shot due to patrons of the dance venue wrestling Tran's gun away from him. President Joe Biden responded to the killings in a statement saying, in part, that he has directed Homeland Security to mobilize any federal support needed to local authorities. Saturday night, rioting broke out in the streets of Atlanta, smashing windows and torching a police car in response to the death of Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran, an activist who was shot and killed by Georgia State Patrol troopers who were trying to clear protesters camping near the site of the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. Chaos erupting in downtown Atlanta. Firecrackers set ablaze. This police car in flames. Police arresting six people. The protest against a new police training center and the killing of an environmental activist started peacefully but took a turn when some rioters smashed windows and set a cruiser on fire. At least three businesses damaged before authorities restored order. This just days after officers shot and killed a protester in the forest where the training center will be built. Demonstrators had occupied it for months. Authorities say that protester shot first, but fellow environmental activists claim the camp was peaceful and unfairly attacked. No officers or citizens were injured. The Atlanta mayor saying that several of those arrested were from out of state. The governor here saying that those crimes will not be tolerated and will be fully prosecuted. The rioters, believed to be part of the left-wing terror group known as Antifa, called for a night of rage after the death of Terran, some of whom were seen throwing bricks at Atlanta police vehicles. The violence resulted in at least six arrests and three damaged businesses. Atlanta Chief of Police Darren Sheerbaum explained some of what the rioters did. A group inside that uh, marching crowd decided to start committing illegal acts, which included the breaking of windows and also attacking uh, police cruisers that were in the area. Sheerbaum says some of those arrested were involved in other illegal acts. We have arrested actors that have already been involved in other criminal activity and are involved in a manner to deter uh, the building of the public safety training center. Meanwhile, Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens says that the rioters were not from Atlanta at all. Some of them were found with explosives on them. Uh, you heard that correctly, explosives, and that has led to a, a police uh, officer's car being uh, set on fire. Many of them don't even live in Atlanta or in the state of Georgia, and they don't represent the voices of Atlanta. According to reports, social media postings from some of the alleged rioters called for retaliation to the shooting death of Terran 
calling him a fallen comrade. Opponents of the training center claim that the $90 million police training center project involves cutting down so many trees it would be environmentally damaging. They also questioned the police version of the events surrounding Tehran's death as police allege Tehran shot first. Activists called for the release of body cam footage. According to new reports, President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy plan on meeting to discuss raising the debt ceiling. McCarthy and Republican House members are looking to slash government spending in exchange for raising the debt limit. However, the White House says some of the suggested cutting is non-negotiable. CBS News senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge explains what may occur at the potential meeting. The U.S. reached its $31.4 trillion debt limit on Thursday. The White House and congressional Republicans have yet to agree on a path forward. President Biden says a sit-down with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy needs to happen. Don't confuse the national debt with with debt reduction on a yearly basis. The debt we're paying on, and we're going to have a little discussion about that with the, with the uh, new majority leader of the House, if we don't meet our national debt and renege on the first time, we have a calamity that exceeds anything that's ever happened. Speaker McCarthy responded in a tweet saying, quote, President Biden, I accept your invitation to sit down and discuss a responsible debt ceiling increase to address irresponsible government spending. Meanwhile, White House spokesperson Corinne Jean-Pierre said in a statement later that the president looks forward to their meeting but said the debt limit is not a, quote, negotiation, end quote. Jean-Pierre also took aim at some Republican initiatives to cut entitlements and overhaul federal taxes by replacing income taxes with a 30 percent national sales tax. Democrat Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois seemed to call out Republicans over the weekend, claiming that most of America's debt was accrued under former President Donald Trump. Let's get to the bottom line here. Those who are posing for holy pictures as budget balancers, the MAGA Republicans, should note one important fact. Almost 25 percent of all of the national debt accumulated over the history of the United States, 230 years, was accumulated during the four years of Donald Trump. Senator Tim Kaine, a Democrat from Virginia, says he believes his Republican colleagues should simply lift the debt ceiling. We should have a clean lift of the debt ceiling because the 14th Amendment to the Constitution says nobody should question the creditworthiness of the United States. This is about whether the U.S. pays our credit card or not. And I don't think anyone should flirt with not paying the the U.S.'s credit card, which is what Republicans are doing. So the White House position is correct. We should raise the debt ceiling. However, Republican Representative Michael McCall of Texas tells Fox News that Republicans are ready to discuss meaningful spending cuts with the White House. I'm ready to sit down with President Biden today to talk about a reasonable debt ceiling, which would mean meaningful spending cuts. The the fact is, we should be having these conversations right now. Representative Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania explains why he believes Americans want the Biden administration to actually negotiate with Republicans. 
when you have a divided government, a four-vote Republican margin in the House, a one-vote Democrat margin in the Senate, divided chambers, you have to negotiate. That's what the American people uh, elected uh, us to do. Illinois' new ban on so-called assault weapons hit a major snag in court as a judge temporarily blocked the law as about 800 plaintiffs lined up to challenge the measure. This hot button issue actually all started last week when Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the bill into law on January 10th. So let's get into what all this law entails. The law entails the manufacture, sale, and possession of dozens of specific types of handguns, magazines, and accessories. It allows gun owners to keep the guns they already have, but it requires them to register their weapons with Illinois State Police, including serial numbers. One week after it was signed into law, it faced a legal challenge. A lawsuit was filed by hundreds Hundreds of petitioners claiming the ban is unconstitutional. The Protect Illinois Communities Act prohibits the sale, distribution, and possession of semi-automatic rifles similar to the AR-15 and grants local law enforcement authorities the power to add additional firearm bans in the future. The law also requires owners of now-restricted weaponry to register with the state police. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says that these measures will not take anyone's guns away. We're not taking anybody's guns away. By the way, no guns are being confiscated under this law. We are stopping the sale uh, and uh, you know future acquisition of these kinds of weapons. The circuit court judge's ruling will prevent the state from enforcing the law against any of the parties named in that lawsuit unless and until further order of the court. Illinois State Representative Patrick Windhorst explained on the floor of the Illinois House that the Second Amendment is there to protect citizens from the government. We have constitutional rights in our country. They protect our freedoms from the government. They are not rights that are given to us by the government. Meantime, over 100 sheriffs from across the state of Illinois have signed on to a letter stating that they will not enforce the Protect Illinois Communities Act. Sheriff Jeff Willard says that he and other sheriffs across the state don't work for J.B. Pritzker. They work for the people of the state of Illinois. I don't work for him. As a matter of fact, like I work for about the 35 to 37,000 people uh, in Jefferson County. They're all my boss. And uh, I'm Governor Pritzker's boss. He works for me, and he works for the 14-plus million people in this county, and he needs to start uh, realizing that. Willard goes on to explain why he believes the measure signed by Pritzker is unconstitutional. There's not been any new technology to create some kind of new type of firearm, rifles, long guns, shotguns, handguns, uh, high-capacity magazines, bump stocks, all these Uh, firearms and accessories uh, are in common use. Millions of people own them. Ian Samuels, a Harvard Law Fellow, says that gun control measures like the Protect Illinois Communities Act will actually do very little to stem gun violence. The reality is that most of the gun violence that we see in a city like Chicago uh, is not committed with these sort of long guns in the first place. Uh, Much of it is committed with handguns. That's the sort of dark truth about any kind of discussion about American gun policy. Nike is closing its flagship store in Seattle 
as crime and homelessness in the city continue to climb. The Nike store in downtown Seattle is closing. That's uh, according to the sign posted at the store saying they're going to be shutting down on January 20th. That store, located at 6th and Pike, opened up in 1996. Nike's exit came right after Regal Cinemas announced it would reject the lease of the Meridian 16 multiplex located on 7th Avenue and Pike Street. Nike has yet to officially say why it's shutting down its Seattle store, but many locals have told local newspapers they believe the reason is rising crime, and that is the biggest factor. 2022 was the deadliest year for King County, which includes Seattle, and the homeless population has exploded. According to reports, there were 310 deaths in the homeless community, a 65% spike from 2021, including 18 homicides and 160 fentanyl-related overdoses. This Nike customer is upset that the store is closing. I personally would rather shop for, like, my shoes or clothes in person. Like, yeah, it says we look forward to serving you at Nike.com, but what if I want to be served in person? Seattle residents will now have to travel an hour away on public transit to shop at a new Nike store opening up later this year. Retail vacancy in the heart of downtown Seattle sits at 13.5%, a significant spike from less than 2% in 2019. And finally, the first 3D printed home will be a two-story abode in the Lone Star State. Layers of concrete are laid down by an enormous 3D printer weighing more than 12 tons. It's creating what's believed to be the first 3D-printed two-story home in the United States. Constructing the 4,000-square-foot house will take a total of 330 hours of printing. The home, which is called the House of Cores, has a design that combines concrete 3D printing and wood framing. Leslie Locke of Hanna, a design company, says that the team not only designed the home, but where and how the 3D printer will print the materials. In the designing of this house, uh, we not only think about the general floor plans um, and you know usage, but we also design the actual print path, like how the printer will print, where it starts, and where it stops. Locke goes on to explain the benefits of using a 3D printer for home construction. It is a much faster uh, construction process, and it also requires uh, you know only four to five people. Um, crew on site to print a whole house and so you can see that on site we have currently five people. One of the benefits is also it takes a lot of the heavy lifting, the labor out of the human and you know where the printer is doing the heavy lifting. Locke states that her design company is looking to create multi-family housing soon. Design logic and layout and structure system of this building can be readily uh, scalable and applicable for multifamily housing. And we really see that this can be the direction that we can really leverage 3D printing in that respect. Robert Montemayor of Perry 3D Construction says there are a few differences between what his company is doing and the regular 3D printer you may be used to. So basically this works uh, uh, very similar to the small 
plastic and, and desktop 3D printers with two major differences. The first one is the size, of course. This printer can be expanded and contracted to print whatever project size you, you need to, to, to achieve. And second is the material. We are printing here with concrete, which is a completely different material than plastic. The project is the culmination of a two-year collaborative effort between HANA, along with Perry 3D Construction, and SIVE, one of the leading engineering and design-build contractors in the Houston area. In 2020, a two-story home was 3D printed in Europe by a Belgian company with two living rooms, a kitchen, a bathroom, and a foyer. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.